Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oh! 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 It gets worse. It gets a lot worse. Oh, it gets worse. <laughs> oh! oh! Oh, there's and more, and then, and then. <laughs> oh. well, I'm never going to be able to look in a mirror in, for the rest of my life. I never saw anything in my house. Your house was the scariest house I've ever been in. Hello, you're listening to Weird Tales and the Unexplainable. This is Bob Shoy, and uh, I'm on my own at the moment because I'm having to record this intro for this episode, which has been cobbled together whilst we're all having holidays and moving houses. So it's the third volume of our Ghost Stories episodes. Plenty on it. We have the Ghost Story we recorded with Charlie, which you may remember from the Sanity episode. Uh, we've mentioned that a few times. That's finally going to be on here. There's uh, about a 20-minute phone conversation I had with a listener, uh, Sean, about plenty of strange experiences he had growing up in a haunted house. We also have an EVP recording that a listener sent in, and me, Beef and Tiss, have read a few ghost stories that other listeners have sent to us. So it's a compilation of all sorts of ghost stories, goodness, for you to enjoy for the next hour or so. So anyway, on with the show. Got a clip here I'm going to play, we recorded a few months ago, mm-hmm. um, when we had Charlie in for the Sanity episode. Oh god, yeah. yeah. I, don't I don't want to be reminded of that. Yeah, you, re- you guys remember, right? This I remember was, too I, well. Yeah. Play yeah. You, this is what we've been excited to play, because this is... This Disgusting. This will blow your lids off. Oh, blow my lid. Yeah, your wiggle wheel on the floor. Oh god. Here we go. Charlie, before you go, yeah. did you have a weird ghost story for us? I do. I actually have quite a horrible ghost story. Yeah, I thought you did. Uh, Lauren told us. Do Lauren you have, have to go? Home to go. I might have to go before this ghost story. Such because people love hole. your reactions on it. <laughs> Mate, your reaction to that ghost story was what got us the pod nomination that I sent in. I don't want any more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because we could hold this back for a future ghost stories episode is what I thought. Awesome. So, it goes back to when I was at uni. Okay. And do you guys remember a girl called Emma Dougal? So we went to school together and then we also ended up going to uni together. Just okay. just to be together. Really. For a laugh. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just for a laugh, you know. Um so she doesn't believe in ghosts at all. She's completely um she always has been completely She's normal. Yeah, yeah. she's normal. Um whereas I'm proper into it and I really believe in yeah. it and all that. Right, okay. So um 
So we moved into this this house in second year and we moved in with these two other girls and one of the girls... I came home from um, placement one day and one of the girls, Lauren, was sat on the sofa and she said, oh, I need to speak to you guys. Um, so we went off and she said, oh, Charlotte's... This other girl that we live with, Charlotte's going to do a Ouija board in the house tonight with this girl that she knew. And I was like, there's no, no way on earth that she could do You can't see this, board. but I'm rolling my eyes. Let's do a Ouija. No, let's not. No, let's not. People let's love that episode it. when I did the Ouija. Oh. Oh, oh. You said to me, do you want to do it? I was like, no. <laughs> Has anyone said yes? I've got, I got two <laughs> listeners. i got some listeners to come do it with me. <laughs> no. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Charlotte. <laughs> they literally do anything. Sorry, go on. Uh, so... I said, actually, yeah, I'm going to have to speak to her and get her not to do this because there's no way I want a Ouija board in my house. So, oh, first error, doing it in your house. You don't do it in your own house. You're bringing home. it into the house, aren't you? So. They need to listen to weird tales, get their information. Are they mental? Yeah. Or insane? Or... <laughs> it's not even going to be in the same episode. It's not even going to be in that episode. <laughs> like, what are they talking about? So um, I went to Charlotte and I said, look, the girls have told me that you're planning to do a Ouija board tonight. I really need to tell you I'm really not happy about this at all. None of us are. If you do it, if you have to do it, please can you just take it outside, not do it around us. We don't want it in the house. She's like, okay, no, that's fine, fair enough. So that was all fine. And then and you then... turned around and she went, <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, fingers. Turned around, saw a dead person. No, I'm joking. Oh my gosh, <laughs> the end. <laughs> no, so, uh, so anyway, so then she went out that night, and that was all fine. We all went to bed, and. It sounds... And if I heard someone else telling this story, I'd be thinking, oh, whatever. Like, I don't believe you. But woke up and it was about, like, three or four in the morning. The witching hour. <laughs> yeah, I was facing, facing my window and I turned over in bed and I just saw this, like, horrible... It was, you know when it's dark and you can't really see it properly, but it looked like it, there was a little girl in my room. Oh! Feel like oh. like so anyway, so then I, you know, when you do that thing where, I, you know, when you suddenly get the fear, and I literally went, <gasps> yeah. hid under my duvet because I was thinking I don't know what to do. Ugh. I literally don't know what to do. Oh. And then I was thinking, what, I inside need to, your room, inside or? my room. Oh. It gets worse. It gets a lot. Oh, worse. it gets worse. <laughs> it gets so that was like that's, that's it finale. for me. That is the peak. It gets so much oh, worse. okay. Oh, oh God. God. So anyway, so then. um I thought to myself, right, I need to get out of this room because I need to... So my room was at the end of the corridor and then Emma's was next to my room, basically. So I had to go down the corridor into her room. So I was thinking, right, I need to get out, I need to get into her room. So got out of my bed, sort of thinking, don't look. Opened my door, opened Emma's door. She was sat up in bed and she said, did you just see a little girl? Oh, oh no! So I was like, can I please no. sleep in here tonight? Because we were just freaking out. It was horrible. Oh, she doesn't believe in ghosts at all. She's completely sceptical. She's like, look, it's fine. It'll be nothing. It'll be that the light wasn't on and whatever. She was trying to justify it. Anyway, oh, so then slept in her bed that night. I slept in her bed for like the next like two weeks. <laughs> like literally didn't sleep in my bed. I would, I would never leave. I would basically sleep in your bed. It wouldn't matter. I'd have to sleep with someone. So then, um, anyway, oh, so then the we, told, <laughs> we told Lauren what happened or I told Lauren what happened Emma was like no it's fine it, it wasn't nothing like you need to it, you know there's a, there's going to be an explanation I was like okay fine whatever so I spoke to Lauren and I was like oh my god she was like that's, that's really horrible um, anyway then we were speaking to this friend of Charlotte's and she said to us oh yeah because um, the, oh, the other night we were doing a Ouija board and um, 
we ended up doing it at your house and I'm really sorry I know you didn't want us to oh, I was like, what a prick. are you joking yeah exactly I was like are you oh. joking I was like, oh, whatever, okay, fine. So then Charlotte told us that she'd done a Ouija board, but didn't say it was in our house. So she sort of said, oh, yeah, we did the Ouija board the other night. And we were like, okay. None of us really wanted to talk about it because we were still freaking out. This was like a few days later. And she said, oh, yeah, we did a Ouija board and um, we got through to this little girl. And I was like, me and Emma were just sitting there. We were like, okay. Didn't tell her because I thought if you tell her, she'll love it. So I'm just, we just kept quiet and we didn't say anything. So then we had lived in the house by this point for like, maybe four months or so so everything was fine before that no problem at all it was fine so then she said oh yeah i got three to go and whatever we were okay right didn't want to talk about it and that was all fine and then um so then about a week later we were sat downstairs and lauren had gone back to birmingham for the weekend that's where she lived so Mm -hmm. she had gone back to birmingham um locked her door and we were sat there watching telly and we could just hear things moving around. Oh, no, no. And I, when I hear this, when if, like, as a, oh. what I say is when, if you're telling me this, I'll be thinking, oh, but did it though? Like, I would no, be doubting that's it. that's enough, isn't it? So we were sat there downstairs and we could just hear things moving around upstairs. And me and Emma just looked at each other and we were like, I'm not even going to bother doing anything about this. I don't want to know. Oh, I just don't want it. We just kind of tried to ignore it as Turn best we could. Up. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Ignored it. And then oh Lauren came home on the Sunday night, went mental and said, who has been in my room? You've pulled all my drawers out and everything. Oh, like. And so anyway, oh, we were like, And oh, she locked God. the room. Yeah. So we were just freaking out and it was horrible. And we didn't tell the shark <laughs> girl anything. She would love it. And it was just horrible. And then... And then, and then, so we obviously moved out of that house as soon as we could because it was horrible. Then, after we moved out, it was about a year later. Me and Emma were talking about it, and we were saying, "Oh my god, do you remember when we lived in that house and all that shit happened?" I literally haven't ever forgotten it. And like, like even when I talk about it, my heart goes, and I'm like thinking, "Oh my god, that was so horrible." So. we were talking about it and I said oh my god do you remember when we lived in that house she went there was actually something I didn't tell you because I because she knew that I would freak out big time so this is Emma so this is Emma who doesn't believe yeah. in ghosts yeah, and doesn't okay. believe in any of it right okay. so it's actually really horrible and, and I just can't forget it oh, actually really horrible <laughs> I suppose that other stuff <laughs> so she's told me so we had our bathroom was downstairs and it's literally you're saying they're a horror film it's horrible <laughs> So, like, we had a cabinet mirror, and that was all fine. Yeah, it's just horrible. So she mirrors, said... Mate, there's mirrors in it. <laughs> we can just start one... throwing up. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm shaking, because it's horrible. It's horrible. So she was, she was said she was downstairs. She said, I didn't tell you, because I knew you'd be scared, and I didn't want to scare you, and we already had loads of horrible things going on, so I didn't want to talk about it. But she said she was washing her face in the bathroom one day, and she said... I looked up and she said I can only describe it as a dead man stood oh. right behind her and she said and, I, and I'm and i trying desperately I've been trying desperately to find some sort of explanation but I can't she said I saw him and I was like right oh. okay and this is coming from someone who doesn't believe in ghosts and doesn't believe in it at all oh. and she said she didn't tell me because she wanted to scare me so we were talking about it a year later and she told me ah. and to this day if I say to her you've broken tears if we bring it up and I say oh my god do you remember uni and then I try and talk about it she shuts down she's like I don't want to talk about it oh, well, I'm never going to be able to look in the mirror in, for the rest of my life I'm really sorry or use the bathroom that's um, I have that's got one question ghost story probably, yeah, that is, this is okay. probably the worst thing that's ever There's, happened to I me. hate that I'm about to ask this question because yeah. I want to just leave it there and never think about it ever again because yeah. that probably is the most horrific thing I've ever heard in my life yeah um, what did the girl look like? 
I thought oh. it was like it was like in the you know when it's in the dark and you see someone in your you know when okay not that you sat there like mm, that's no interesting. exactly yeah, because I saw it and then I was scared enough to know that oh that shouldn't be there oh, um, yeah, yeah. do you know when it's like I don't I can't I don't want to talk about it because actually it's really horrible and it really freaks me you know me what out. when you guys go this is it. what happens when people do Ouija boards I'm home alone yeah. tonight yeah. Becca's not coming home tonight and you did a Ouija board so when you guys go in a minute I'm going to be home alone <laughs> going upstairs to my bathroom <laughs> Brushing my teeth, and I right. might, I might ring her and be like, "Can you come home?" What, <laughs> what time are you going to go to bed tonight? So ten past like ten. Uh, half ten. Half ten. When we go. Yeah. You've All broken right. Bob out of his like um, lone wolf like stage. Yeah, maybe this cures you. <laughs> Not only. That's grim though. That story's grim. That is horrible. That's fucking grim. I don't talk about it often because when I talk about it, I scare myself because I remember it. Well, when when you said about it to me ages ago, yeah, you were like, "I'll tell you in person" Mm. because I can't. That's why. Because I can't. No, exactly. Oh. So that's the most horrible thing that's ever happened to me. I want to talk about mental health again. <laughs> yeah, that was much Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'm sorry. Just, Carl. just. Oh. I'm not looking at any of the mirrors in my car. Ghost like story of the week. Ghost story of the week. Shall I just put that one up as an episode, like a terminal episode? Last ever ghost story of the week. Because I'm done with these ghost stories. They're escalator. Listeners, remember. Two weeks ago on Haunted Cemeteries, I talked about when I hear a ghost story, it makes my eyes water. Yeah, I, well, and you were like, "Oh, you're crying," and I was like, "No, it makes my eyes water." If I hear a ghost story, it makes my eyes water, like in the corners. Really? Yeah, uh, like a real scary one. I kind we'll, of yeah. like the fear. And we too. got one of our listeners actually messaged me this week and was like, "I know exactly what you're talking about. Really? I get the watery eyes as well." I was like, "I'm in kind of, I'm in, yeah, like I'm in two minds when I hear a ghost story. When I hear something like that, the." Like my faith side of me knows what it is, and uh, my belief tells me that I have power over it. So I kind of so it's when I scary, so, so it kind of but so I I'm like yeah sure because I know what it is and it's kind of yeah. But when you hear it as a story, I go back into little kid mode and I'm like oh this story. Yeah, I don't even believe in ghosts, but I still get freaked out. Like I said, I love a, I love a ghost story. I love a good ghost story. I'm not going to look in my mirrors if. Ghost um, stories scare you. Yeah. Surely you believe a bit. No, because I just love I love like horror and ghost stories okay. and stuff like that. Like I love that stuff, but um, I don't actually believe in any of it. It's like I don't believe in vampires, but you could mm. get scared watching a good vampire movie. Could you? No, <laughs> I've never got scared watching a vampire movie. You know what I mean? I'm trying to think of something. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a horror movie. It's kind of. I think it. It depends on what it is. People are scared by different things. <laughs> If it's like, like all the vampire movies I watch from Transylvania, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. terrified yeah. of vampires. I watched like fifteen <laughs> vampire movies in a week before I went to Transylvania to get rid like information for the show, and I was just like, they were rubbish. They were none yeah. of them were scary. Yeah. They're all no, rubbish. I don't find vampires very scary at all. No, no. But like witches, witches are scary to me. If I watch a, a horror film yeah. which is about witches, like the witches, the Roald Dahl one, how terrifying was that film? Yeah, I know. Beef yeah, it for Christmas because we were talking about it on the show. Oh my yeah. god, it was so scary. But it depends what it is. Like it, this is why for me, I although I don't like watching them. If I watch like a demonic film, I'm like, well, this is not. This is not. This is just. I I can distance myself from it. And it's not scary because I know it's glammed up for a yeah. film. If it's little girls, mm, yeah. yeah, stuff like that is. I was gonna say, like, you need to go. <laughs> yeah, you need to go back. <laughs> to London. Enjoy your drive back to London, sis. <laughs> Thank you Sorry for that to amazing story. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Are you okay walking back on your own, sis? Do you want us to come with you? So run. How did it feel to relive that memory? 
horrible. I don't want to know about it. Let's just not talk about it. Yeah. This is horrific. Okay, so we've got some ghost stories that people have sent. Do you want yeah. yeah. You can have the long one, Tess. You look so eager. Um, oh, I think they're horrible. Okay, you can read that. I'm not sure one, Tess. You did the longer one last time. Uh, Sammy Gidcum. I think that's the right. Yeah, she sent on this to the uh, on Facebook a little while ago. Right. Ever since I was little, I have always been scared of mirrors. I don't like mirrors. Do you not? Not at night. Looking in a mirror is quite creepy at night. I can relate to that. Uh, I don't walk past them at night. Yeah. Uh, cover them when I sleep, etc. I'm not that bad. Um, I recently redid my bedroom and decided to put this really beautiful oak framed mirror in my closet. The morning after I put it up there, there was a hanger broken on top of the dresser. The mirror was above. There's, on the dresser, the mirror was. Yeah. yeah, okay, there's a broken. Yeah. The sharp edges were facing out. No way it could have broken and fallen in that position. And this is the hanger. The next morning, another hanger was broken in the same exact way. Placed in the same exact place, I took it out of my room and had no more issues. I decided to experiment and put it back up. The next morning, another hanger was broken and placed the same way. I lived by myself. No one could have done it. So naturally, I'm terrified of this mirror and got rid of it and have had no more issues. Anything about that? That's mad. Like a haunted object. Yeah. That is really crazy. Good thing she kept it in the closet because who knows what would happen. If if she looked in the mirror. Or, yeah, if it was like while she was sleeping, her oh, bed could have broken. hands are like reaching out of the mirror and breaking things. Oh! Great. <laughs> Why didn't you say that? Well, you just got to walk out the mirror right behind us. <laughs> oh. Yeah, nice oak frame mirror. Quite ugly mug in there. Oh. Um, that is horrific. Yeah, it is. No, I can't. I, like, there have been times where like, I've gone for a pee during the night and thought, oh, I'll just keep, keep the light off and can't do it because mm. of the mirror. What, the light? You, what, in the dark, the mirror, you mean? The mirror in the dark. Yeah, yeah. I I'm can't look at the mirror in the dark. Consciously thought about it, but I don't think I've got any mirrors. <laughs> You've got no mirrors. I've got no mirrors in that sort of um, vicinity. All my mirrors are very placed in a place where you have to move to. I don't think I've got a mirror. I think there's mirrors around my house, but see, not... this mirror's kind of iffy in the room we're recording in because it's like I can look in that and it will reflect like out the window. Yeah. So I can. It's almost like double. See, I don't have that many mirrors in my houses. Houses, We've got my got parents and my two. house. Um, Beef, do you want to read a ghost story? Yeah, sure. Okay. One. Okay. This is from Scott Sauter. Sauter. Either. Apologies. Hey, Scott. I'll begin with, I don't believe in ghosts, but I can't explain the things that happened in one, that happened in one room of my parents' home. When my parents brought the house, it was abandoned and repossessed by the bank. We found out over the years from neighbours, the house was built in the 70s by a family from China... And then one day they just vanished. Strange. The bedroom used to be my bedroom. It was always odd. Things used to move around. Not float, but put something down somewhere and it would be somewhere else when you came back to the room. Okay. I've, had, I've had that kind of stuff happen yeah, before. Yeah. The big incident was... The oh, big incident. Oh, I've already read it. It's horrible. Yeah. I remember getting home from school one day. I was in the house by myself and I heard a woman's voice right behind me say, Hello. Uh, I freaked out, obviously, and slept on the couch for a few nights. I never heard the voice again, but I did change rooms after that, and, and it became the spare room. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would change rooms. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Lawrence Lone Bowen. Eventually, my best mate moved in with us, because his folks were in the military and got deployed, so he lived with us. We were about 15 at the time, and I had 
never told him about the voice because he was always the kind of guy who would pull the piss out of you for saying such nonsense. <laughs> pull the piss. I know this guy's Australian. <laughs> Another one of our great Australian oh, listeners right. with these expressions. Pull the piss. Pull the bleeding piss out of you. <laughs> What's the second time you've used here? It became his room. One night he was home alone and he heard a woman's voice say, Hello Mason, his name. That's horrible. Oh, that is horrible. That's happens, his name as well. It happened three times in the one night. <laughs> Put it this way, the first time it happened, I'd be out of that house yeah. so fast. He's so sceptical he hung around for the third time. Yeah, happened. he was like, hmm. Second time was like, yeah, that definitely sounded like it. The third time he was like breaking his pants. Yeah, a quivering mess. <laughs> Scooby-Doo. Uh, when my family got home, he was up in the lounge room terrified. He told me what happened. He continued living in the room. He continued living in the room for two years. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Mason, sort it out. He never heard the voice again, but did suffer things moving. Uh, and the last big thing was my girlfriend moved in with us and was doing the dishes in the sink. Ah, and if you look in the window above the sink, you can see the reflection of that bedroom's doorway. <laughs> she looked up and saw someone standing in the doorway. They had a white face. She screamed like crazy. No one was there when she turned around. God. I love these stories. They're horrible. I've got a one-line epilogue to that story, Beef. Oddly, since we painted the room, there's been no activity at all. (laughs) Why would that, like, just put a bit of... Matt over and that's great thanks Thanks, Scott Scott. that's that's really great yeah I love these uh, ghost stories that we do yeah we also uh, got an email from uh, a listener Uh a listener called um, Sagan Medvik Medvek Sagan Medvek I think that's right and he went EVP hunting okay okay Um, I'll show you the picture of the room where he caught his EVP Oh, oi, oi. Oh, dear. silo. Yeah. Uh, this was at um, Fort Mifflin in Philadelphia. Right. Uh, built before the Revolutionary War, also a prison during the Civil War, and an active ammunition storage facility until the Vietnam War. The fort is well known to be haunted and featured many, on many ghost hunting TV shows. So he caught this EVP while they were there, um, with no special equipment, just his iPhone and his built-in mic. Um, it's quite interesting. We're in a large casement that, that was in a picture. Picture will be on the blog. And no one, uh, no one else was in there. We did not hear these voices at the time. And for their volume, they had to be very close to us. The word devant, which is one of the EVP words you can hear, is actually French for in front of. So I think we were in front of both ghosts. The woman saying devant is not my sister. She speaks just afterwards. So I'm just going to quickly play you guys this EVP. Okay, so the first voice is him. Then you hear a male voice say, listen, which there was no one else there. Um, and then you hear a voice say, devant, which is a female voice, which is there was no one there. And then you hear a sister talking. And I heard that I listened to this a few times and couldn't really hear anything. I listened to it again today and I could definitely hear the bit where someone says, listen. So see if you can, what do you think of this? Yeah, exactly. There's some bugs in here. It's really quick and really hard to listen. No. No. First time we sent it, I couldn't hear it at all. Okay. I tell you what, I'm gonna put your head, put the headphones on you. Oh, oh I don't really want to. I'm gonna, for the sake of the show. I would say the most clear bit is the some person saying "listen." Uh, you hear Sagan talk, and then you hear "listen." Yeah, exactly. There's some bugs in here. Mm. Yeah, exactly. There's some bugs in here. 
It's kind of. It sounds. It sounds like a deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. There's some bugs in here. Yeah, exactly. There's some bugs in here. Yeah, it's it's a str- I don't know what quite what he's saying though. Well, because it goes it's in between. It's like yeah, yeah, because like, he's talking at the same time. It's kind of like it 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 carries on with his speech. It's like I don't want to say. Yeah, it's really hard to pull out because he is talking, his sister's talking and stuff. But um, yeah, I'll put the it's audio clip perfect. on the blog so you can listen to it at will, and I'll obviously insert it in here when we listen to it. Um, but yeah, thanks for sending that in. That's really awesome because that's the first time someone sent us an EVP. That's really great. So that's really awesome. If you get any more, send them in. Yeah. Guys, I talked to a listener on Skype the weekend. Yeah. Okay. And um, this guy called Sean, Sean Green. Cool. And he basically grew up in this haunted house. Right. And um, was terrified the whole time he lived there. All right. You can explain why he was terrified. Well, yeah, no, he can. He's going to explain now because I'm going to play you the uh, mm. conversation I had with him this weekend mm. about all these strange experiences that happened in this house. Mm. So okay. you, ready? you ready for this? Let's do it. This is weird talking to you guys. Oh, really? I'm on my own today. Okay. Um, sorry if that's disappointing. No, no, no. That's that's totally fine. It's weird because uh, when, when you listen to podcasts as regularly as I do, you have these, uh, these what's a good way to put it? These uh, imaginary friends with a one-sided conversation. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I listen to a lot of podcasts while I'm working, so I know exactly what you mean. You feel like you know the people already. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So how are you today? Doing good. Um, I just got off the, the phone with my sister. We were talking about the house we grew up in. I was trying to get a refresher of kind of what her experiences were and stuff. Oh, but, right. Okay, cool. Yeah, we're doing good. Okay. So, you contacted me a little while back uh, yeah. to say you had some strange stories of your own. Yeah. So, go ahead. Run me through them. Okay. So, I grew up in this this house in uh, Front Royal, Virginia. Um, it, it was pre... It was built pre-Civil War. It just crazy old and it it was a house that my parents could afford, so we ended up staying there for for a while. And it, it had like these like finger painted murals in the the uh, parlor, and just it, it was old, old. Anyways, in this this neighborhood I grew up in, it was like pretty common to hear the old ladies talking about their ghost stories just publicly because I, I feel like it was a, a pretty common thing in, in my town. Mm. And as a kid, I was pretty close to the my neighbors. Some elderly ladies lived uh, on one side of us and an elderly man who uh, used to polish rocks and, and give them to me. As a kid, I would hang out with him a bunch. In their homes, they would they would have stuff getting knocked off the mantles and they would I'd hear these stories of these ladies saying like if you're gonna live in my house you're gonna live by my roof (laughs) and just like scolding these spirits but so it was like a common thing around where you grew up yeah yeah I about a year ago I got in contact um over Facebook I I found uh 
a kid I grew up with. I moved away from that, that house when I was about 11 and moved to Utah. But I got in contact with this, this guy and I, I asked him, did you ever see anything in your house or, or do you have any stories about like when you were visiting my house? And he was like, I never saw anything in my house, but people would tell me that there was a shadow man there. And your house was the scariest house I've ever been in to this day. Um, and I, I remember seeing, uh, having this experience, seeing this shadow man in his house. But it's super weird because I remember seeing him from a third person perspective, like me above myself watching this shadow man kind of walk through the hallways, which is... Oh, weird. Were you asleep at the time, or what? I could have been. I, I had a lot of sleepovers there. This mm. kid wouldn't sleep at my house. Actually, not many of my friends would sleep at my house. Um, but yeah, this, this shadow guy would uh, walk through the hallways of his home, and uh, that's the only thing I remember experiencing at his home. But at my home, there was a lot of stuff happening. There was... There were shadow people and voices and poltergeist stuff. So when you when you say um, shadow people, mm-hmm. uh, how exactly would you describe that as like the one like the one you saw, for example, in your friend's house? Like, how did it look to you? Just very dark. It it's like uh, just a very dark silhouette, and it's not like a, a hard silhouette like right. if you were to shine a, a light at a person and see their shadow it was it was more diffuse than that right but uh but dark and that one i don't remember i don't remember much about the the shape of him mm. as much but the the one that was in our house i have more details about okay so in my house, I I grew up in the in the eighties. My parents were comfortable leaving their, me there by myself, and I would hear footsteps across the floor upstairs when I was downstairs. And they would it would kind of start off slow and then run and then slow down as it approached the other side of the house. And then I would hear if I was in my living room in the kitchen, I would hear like plates clinking together or cabinet doors opening and then shutting mm. uh, just a lot of stuff like that and and as a kid uh, I kind of dealt with it either running to my parents saying like mom dad mom dad mom dad and then trying my best to explain why I was scared or I would get mad and just tell whatever it was to shut up and so I'd have I'd have these uh these things happening really, really frequently. One story, I'll, I'll get back to the shadow people. Okay. But th- there was this one night where my family had gone out to dinner and they didn't go with me because I was at my friend's house and my friend's family had sent me home, I guess before my parents had gotten back and it was a little bit cold. I, I got to my house and my dog, this big sheep dog, was who was like my best friend, followed me around everywhere. He was there at the 
at the porch and I remember sitting on the porch and I was so afraid to go inside. I sat out there for a while and I was just talking to my dog saying like, I, I'm afraid to go in there. I, I don't want to go in there, but it's cold. And Was there so any particular in, reason or was it just like a feeling, a horrible feeling well, on that night? It, this was a normal feeling, especially oh, wow. at night. I, you wouldn't catch me like wandering around my house by myself. Oh, okay. Um, during the day, I, I would like, I go around my house like normal, but at night without anybody home, that was, that wasn't, I don't, I feel like that, that was kind of, uh, that might have been more of a rare instance during the day being by myself at the home. Mm. Not, not so rare. But anyways, I go inside with my dog and I, I lay down on the couch. I'm looking down the couch at the TV. The, the TV's at the foot of the couch and my dog is right by my side. And behind my head is uh, a table, uh, a little side table with a, an old lamp with a little rotary uh, switch to turn it off and on. And I start to get like just very, very scared, almost like tunnel vision. I'm getting just this creepy feeling and my dog starts barking right behind my head. He's at my side, but he's looking right behind me and he's just barking like crazy. And then that all, all the lights in the house on the, the main floor were on and behind my head, this sugary lamp starts clicking on and off while my dog is freaking out and it just starts speeding up. Click, 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 click. And the lights flashing on and off. And I am like it, like petrified. I'm so afraid and I can't like muster the courage to look behind me. Um, and I just close my eyes and I, I must have like fallen asleep or something. I don't, I don't know how anybody or even a child can handle that, no. like how they could fall asleep, but that's what my body did. I just, uh, it's almost like your body like shut down out of fear. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. that sounds really terrifying. It, it was scary. So back to more of these shadow type people. When I would go through this house, I would bring my younger brother with me everywhere because I, it's kind of a jerk thing, but I figured, uh, if I had someone with me, maybe something wouldn't happen. And if something happened, I could offer my little brother. <laughs> you just carry the sacrifice around with you. Yeah. <laughs> someone who maybe would be more afraid than I was. I yeah. Yeah. Make you feel brave <laughs> in comparison. Yeah. I'd, I'd bring him around everywhere, and if I were if I were getting in bed, I had to like run and jump into bed because I I would be afraid. But these crazy things would happen, um, and not always at night. Sometimes during the day. I'm sorry if these stories are all rambling. Childhood to me was not like a linear course of events. It was just everything just kind of seems to run into each other, but. Yeah, I, uh, it it can be hard to like remember clearly like things from your childhood anyway. So yeah, and, and place it in a time frame. Yeah, exactly. At night, I would see like these amber color orbs in my room, my bedroom, just just like one or two, mm. 
and it would float there for a little bit and and then kind of uh, fade out. Uh, sometimes I would see this shadow man uh, in the corner of our room, and and this is the thing that one of the things that that I shared with my siblings uh, that they experienced. My sister, who I was just talking to, she's just older than me. She would get these night terrors. She thought they were night terrors. And they may be, but one of my stories, I'll tell you, I think it may relate and you might see how she might question whether they were night terrors. But anyway, she she would get these, she would wake up and she would see these massive spiders coming down from the ceiling or ladybugs. And then she would also see at other times this, this man wearing like a, a trench coat, this shadow guy with a fedora. And she, she said that she never felt like he was menacing. Like he, he didn't mean to hurt us, but he was always like in a corner of the room, usually like watching us as we slept. And my sisters, I have three sisters. They all slept in the same room and me and my two brothers would sleep in this other room. And, uh, she would wake up and she would see this, this guy just watching over them, I guess. And the, the times where it did scare her, she, she woke up and he was standing right over her and it would make her scream. And my parents would come in another time. Her, her bed was facing straight down the hallway and she woke up and she saw this, this same shadow guy walking down the hallway towards her and she stood up on her bed and she just like lost it and uh, my parents would come in and my mom is this uh very um naive just oblivious lady and doesn't want to believe in stuff like this so mm-hmm. she would say like oh it's your imagination go to bed <laughs> That sounds like the the way you describe it though, with it coming down the hallway and like lurking over the bed and stuff like that. That's proper. That's like horror film sort of fodder. That's really creepy imagery. Yeah, and it didn't help that this house was kind of in shambles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just crazy. My my mom. One of her uh, her favorite things to remind me is that house was full of mold and all sorts of lead paint and chemicals and is probably messing with our minds. <laughs> oh, that makes you feel much better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, my, my oldest brother, he's 10 years older than me. I, I, I prod up my, my siblings to try and give me something that, that happened to them because a lot of them weren't sure of their experiences and they thought that that maybe it was a dream or something. So they, they didn't pay it much attention. And maybe that's why so much stuff happened to me is because I gave it the attention it wanted. I don't know. But uh, my brother also saw this shadow guy sitting in the, the corner, just watching him. That's the sort of thing that I find very interesting, where right? It's like multiple people all seeing the same thing. It, it adds like a lot more weight to something. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So as an adult, I, I was sharing some of these stories with my sister just older than me and my brother who's just younger than me. And uh, because we we didn't really talk about it a whole lot 
And I'm not sure why that is. My my family knew that I was afraid in that house because I would always be running to my parents for shelter or or, or whatever. But uh, I I feel like maybe I just did a very terrible job as a child explaining exactly what was happening. Mm. But uh, some of these some of these overlapping stories. If you're ready for this, uh, so one night I had croup, this really bad cough, and the doctor would have my mom take me outside uh, if if I started coughing really heavy to to get there to breathe. And so my mom made me a little bed with a sleeping bag in the, the living room downstairs, and she was next to me sleeping there. And I remember waking up in the middle of the night to this, this, is ethereal the right word? I don't know. This ghost lady. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just pounding on my front door. Just like terrified. She was so afraid. And she, she was, she had a shawl on and she was like opaque, but a very defined form. Was she, was she on the inside of the house? No, she was on the outside. On the outside, pounding to get in. Yeah, to right. get into the house. Right. And we had this little box doorbell. It wasn't It wasn't wired to anything. It was just like a mechanical bell. And she was pushing on that and pounding on the door. And she was screaming, let me in, let me in, let me in, let me in. And I, it freaked me out. But mm. instead of, uh, instead of like running... I had my covers on me, and I, I told her shut up, <laughs> and rolled over and closed my eyes, kind of just the same as when the that lamp was flicking on and off. I mm. just shut my eyes and shut down. Yeah. I told my sister that story as an adult, and I could see the goosebumps on her arms, and she was pale, and she was like, I had that same thing happen to me. I was downstairs in the living room one night and and I don't know what brought her down there. I'll have to ask her, but she saw the same lady screaming, let me in, let me in, let me in. But she could also see out our window and our windows had a very low uh, window pane, only a few inches off the floor. She could see out onto the main road. There were soldiers marching down the street and she told this lady, no, and or she thought the word no or something, and this lady went from let me in, let me in to almost demonic, and her voice went super low, and she was just like let me in, just crazy, scary. And then these soldiers that were marching down the street went from looking like people to looking like skeletons, and so that's that's one of the stories where like I started telling her it, and she finished the story. I didn't see the skeleton uh, or the the soldier thing, but we saw the same person, yeah, the same wow. figure or whatever. So, um, such like a vivid tale as well. Um, so, like, particular for you to both see, like, the same thing or experience the same thing? Yeah, yeah, we, we both described this person the exact same, and she was screaming and knocking on the door. Mm. But the weird thing is it didn't wake up my mom or anything. That was something that was... I was experiencing by myself because 
it was loud enough that it should have woken up the entire house. Yeah. So if you experienced that on your own, you may have thought, you know, maybe I hallucinated that. Maybe, you know, you question yourself. But then when someone tells you they experienced the exact same thing, it it almost like cements it for you yeah. that it happened. But then it's like, um, I don't know if that's a relief or not. <laughs> yeah. See, as, as a kid, I never doubted these things that were happening to me. Yeah. Um, but for my siblings, it, it definitely was like, oh, that really did happen to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, my brother was in the, the same room when I was telling this story. And I was like, I, here's another weird one for you, uh, Jonathan. We had this basement cellar, dirt floors, super scary. And it had this crawl space that I couldn't see the back of. That was also dirt. It just went under the house for a very long ways. And as a kid... You're always scared of the basement, those dark places. You mm-hmm. run up the steps feeling like someone's right at your heels. So I, I didn't love that area of the house. I didn't even like getting close to the door that went to the basement, but the door to the basement was part of the hallway that divided the uh, kitchen and the living room. And so you just had to pass that threshold. Um, one night I I was uh, standing right in front of that, that uh, basement door and I'm looking at my, my dad and brother, and they're watching an NBA game. Their backs are towards me. And all of a sudden, I start gagging. I, I'm, like, trying to catch my breath, but I feel like I'm vomiting up something really hard, and I just keep gagging. And all of a sudden, this thing starts coming out of my mouth that, and I don't know how physic, how this is possible physically, but it was almost like a tree root or like an antler, but, but it had like, uh, prongs or, or fingers to it. Mm. Uh, it came out of my mouth much bigger than my head. It shouldn't have been able to like come out of me. And I'm gagging on this thing and I'm poking it and it's hard. And then it slowly goes back in. And, uh, my brother, it was his turn. He goes, he gets these huge goosebumps and he's freaking out and he's like, Oh my gosh, I had that same thing happen to me, but I thought it was a dream and I was standing right in front of that door too. So that was a, another experience where we, we both, uh, we both experienced the, the same thing, but he, he thought that he was dreaming when, when it happened to him. But I am positive I was awake. Even if you were dreaming, it would be so strange of you to both have the same dream and something so strange as well yeah before you said i was going to ask like could you feel it did it feel hard uh, but then you yeah. said you said before i asked so yeah i'm just trying to imagine that myself it just seems so like such a strange thing to experience and i i try to like i've, I've spent time as an adult trying to understand why these things happen to to me or happen to it would happen to a child if if the purpose was to scare me or to get my attention or or what it was, but I'm I'm still kind of at a loss for why it happens and yeah, I don't know. Mm. We we would hear voices in this house. Like I I guess this is my last shared experience. Okay. But uh there were two parts of the house that I absolutely hated. It was the basement or anywhere near that basement, that cold cellar. And upstairs near my parents' bedroom, there was a bathroom that we didn't really use. I hated going near that bathroom. And in the hallway near that bathroom, 
it, it wasn't much, but it scared me. I had started getting this creepy feeling again. And then all of a sudden I hear, hey, little boy. And it just sent me running. My sister, who is kind of in the, the middle, not my oldest one, but the, the next one, she heard a voice in that same part of the house telling her that it was time to come home. And she was a teenager at the time. It freaked her out because she didn't know what that meant. <laughs> but uh, I've asked her and my older siblings if if they understood like what their their take on everything was. And mm. um, my sister was a cheerleader. She was this popular girl and always had friends overnight. I asked her like, what what was your take on this thing? On any of this? Did did you and your friends ever like? experience anything or or um just kind of prodding her for anything and she she had told me she she gave me two ideas one was and i didn't know this when i was a child but one was there was an older couple that had passed away before we had moved in there i don't know if they were the the previous residents mm-hmm. or, or much earlier before we, we moved in the other was that uh, her and her friends had been messing around with a Ouija board, but she couldn't remember if she had done it at our house or at her friend's house. And I was asking her after listening to uh, your guys' podcast mm-hmm. about the Ouija board, like, uh, and I think I had heard some other podcasts. I was asking her, like, well, how did you guys do it? Did you, how'd you close the session? <laughs> yeah, that yeah. That kind of thing. And she was like, well, I don't know. And I was like, you idiot! Yeah. Could have brought this in our house. <laughs> That's why I was so particular to follow the rules when I tried it. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> all the horrible stories that people had, had told me. Yeah, seriously. But uh, yeah, good. So we had some we had some crazy stuff happening in that house, and yeah. I, I tried to figure out if what the uh, the point of any of it was. It was interesting that you said about how you was always felt scared in the house. Um, I was just yeah. wondering how many years you lived in that house. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I wasn't born in that house. We moved there from another place, uh, Virginia Beach. But I'm not sure how old I was when I moved in. I was probably like two or three. Mm. But I moved when I was 11. So okay. I spent a number of years there. I mean, my, my very earliest memories are in that house. Right. And most of my nightmares to this date <laughs> happened inside of that house. Yeah, it definitely left an impression on you. Yeah. But also, like, it happened so long ago, but it feels like a completely different life. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is, I, I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's that's a pretty good gist of uh, growing up in that house for you. Yeah, there's plenty of experiences. Yeah, yeah. Sorry if they're kind of all over the place. That's uh, all right. Oh, you don't understand. This is nothing. Our shows are always all over the place. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I spend a lot of time putting them together. I, I enjoy the banter. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for calling in. Thanks for yeah. uh, getting in contact. Thanks for listening to my ramblings and not thinking that they're too crazy. I don't share this with people so everyone i speak to who calls in says the same thing they all say oh, i don't really talk about this stuff with people so yeah, thanks for sharing yeah. i'm like i feel strange that we're the people that they trust this with <laughs> yeah. like, have you heard the show <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i i think i wish 
wish more people would talk about it. It's the fear of sounding crazy, isn't it? You don't want people to think you're crazy. Yeah, yeah. And I guess on the other hand, if if you're a person like my parents, like my mom, she doesn't like feeling scared. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe that's a breakdown. But I I appreciate your show and you guys are doing a good job. Yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll talk to you later. Okay, thanks so much for uh, getting in contact with us. Really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. See ya. Bye. What do you think to those stories? That's horrible. That is really horrible. Yeah, yeah. That is really, 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 really horrible. Some really terrifying experiences, right? You know when I said on Weird News a few weeks back? Yeah. That I didn't believe in ghosts. That's the sort of thing that made me believe in ghosts. Yeah, yeah. That's, like, like I that's, said like, him, that's not ghosts. That's like almost demonic yeah, horror yeah. stuff. And the weird thing he said as well about the antler coming out of his mouth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's insane. Oh, yeah, it's really fucked up. And it's know. weird how it just didn't happen anymore. It was just the time he spent in that house. Oh, why do we do these when I've just got to go? Yeah, why couldn't we done this like an hour ago? Or like in the morning. Dark outside. <laughs> I've got three stories here, and they're all from the same listener. A uh, listener wow. called Paige Thornton. She sent us one, and then I was like, cool story. And then she sent me another two, uh, and they're really cool. So, thanks, Paige, and these are her stories. Tissy, go. When I was younger, my sister received a ring as a gift from her boyfriend. She wore it non-stop for weeks until one day she took it off and placed it in her chest of drawers and went for a shower. When she came back, the ring had disappeared. Chaos ensued and she tipped the entire room upside down and proceeded to tear the whole house apart interrogating me and my parents to see where it had gone. After all of us looked for hours we gave up and in the end she bought an identical ring and never told her boyfriend that she had lost it. Okay so fast forward to about two years later my mum had just cleaned all of my sister's sheets and made her bed and then about half an hour later my mum still being the only one in the house went into her room to find the ring placed perfectly in the centre of the newly made bed. She thought that maybe somehow the replacement ring had got caught up in the sheets. But when my sister got back, she was wearing the replacement ring and we discovered that this was in fact the original ring. We still never know how it got there. Ooh. So not really a ghost story, but just something really, very, really, very odd. That's weird, yeah. yeah very yeah. unexplainable. Fits yeah. In. And she just wanted to know what we thought about that. She said possible parallel dimension story, something strange. Mm, but I yeah. thought it was very odd. Yeah, it's, it, it is odd. It's just, uns- yeah, it's unexplainable. Unexplainable. It's a very interesting story. She asked for our thoughts on it, but my thought is just like... Wow. Unexplained, yeah, really, yeah. really weird story. Very weird. Yeah, that's mad. Yeah, thanks, Paige. Uh, she also sent us another weird story. She sent us a ghost story, but she also sent us another weird story. Um... When my cousin was little, she would sit and talk to a girl in her room, and when anybody asked who she was talking to, she would tell them a very unique French name. I can't remember what it was now, but whenever someone pronounced it incorrectly, she would correct them and emphasise certain parts of the name, bearing in mind she was only about four or five. My uncle started getting worried and looked into it, and it turns out a young girl had fallen down the stairs and died in that house years before. And then she wanted to know what we thought about, like, you know children's intuition and imaginary mm. friends and things like that wow yeah that's pretty it's kind of kind of creepy like we, ha- we hear a lot of these kind of stories don't we of kids picking stuff up that's mm. what I like the detail that what I liked about that because we get a lot of these but I wanted to read that because it's like the parents played along with it and you, you say the name and she's like no it's this but it's a very specific pronounced yeah. like French name that a yeah. child would not have heard of that age yeah exactly so yeah very yeah. interesting yeah. did you ever have an imaginary friend Tiss? no 
don't think I did. Mm. No, I had too many real friends. <laughs> <laughs> I had imagination, but none of that imagination ever affected me. I was the one that was creating it. Right. It never spoke back or asked me a question. Thank God. Good. That's amazing. <laughs> it didn't want to know. <laughs> it did not want to know. <laughs> Right, you can go ahead and test. Right. Me and me and B for a little this one. Yeah. Thank you. Off Thank you for getting me off about the bad ghost story. That's all right. No, it's not bad. These are oh, just interesting not. stories. No, she's got some cool stories, that's all. Uh, so this is your one, Beef. Okay. Also uh, from Paige. Pass it over. Oh, I've got the longie. Yeah. When I was a kid, we lived in a pretty old house, and every every night my, my mum would hear bath toys moving around in the bath. So she'd get up to check on me and my sister, and every night we'd still be fast asleep in bed. Mm-hmm. Bath toys. Well, how would you hear bath toys? Like splashing in the water. Wind up. What bath toys did you have? Did you have any bath toys? Nah, I did. Did you? Well, I used to stay like He Man in the bath for me. There might be like a lot of rubber ducky. No, I don't think I'd remember. I'd like a no. rubber whale. Like you, they were. Yeah, I, I guess. I, I guess I know what you mean. <laughs> the yeah, dog yeah. wasn't man enough. I had a whale. <laughs> uh, she'd check the house, and nobody would be up and about. So she'd think nothing of it and go back to bed. To help explain this next part, I need to tell you that our stairs led directly into our living room and there was no separate hallway so every couple of nights we'd always sat downstairs in the living room and hear someone walking down the stairs and along with the footsteps we could hear what sounded like a long dress alongside it. This happened for months and then other things started happening on top of this. There would be random bangs we could hear around the house that had never happened before. Then one day... Me, my sister and my dad went out of the house for a couple of hours and when we got back, my mum was sitting outside the house crying. She explained that whilst we were out, the noises were getting louder and the steps were not only coming down the stairs but closer to her in the living room. So my dad said, enough is enough. And although we aren't a religious family in the slightest, my dad didn't know who else to call but the church. So he rang up, slightly embarrassed, and asked if they did anything about ghosts. They replied that they had a small team for this type of thing. A couple of days later, they were around blessing the house and told us that it was basically a nice spirit, not one that wants to cause any harm, and after the visit, everything just stopped happening. None of us can explain it, and we were all basically atheists in my house. We didn't really know what to believe. Hmm. Sounds pretty pretty standard to me. It's classic case of the ghosties. Classic case of the ghosties. It's yeah. quite awful. But it's interesting. It's That's the first story I've had from a listener. Well, they actually got like the exorcism crew in. Yeah. When the Ghostbusters came in and. Da, 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 yeah. da, da, da. A team in. It's like. <laughs> help out. Yeah, the G team came and in. For it, not ghosts. Uh, yeah, no, that's. It's quite horrible. Eh? Put, your, put yourself in her mum's shoes. Oh, yeah, that's scary. Like, horrible. you hear the steps coming up and down, like a swishing of a dress behind it. Yeah. It's creepy. And then it's like in the room with you. Yeah. Steps in the room. That's creepy. Yeah, it'd be horrible. Bless her. But. Got it sorted out, you know. Yeah. So I'm interested to know, Paige, what like when so this happened when she was a kid, what do you think now in reflection years later? What's what's your what's your story? Do you still feel like Yeah. You're an Do atheist, you still consider or, yourself an atheist? Yeah, I'll be interested. Or do you, is there more to it? I don't really mind what the answer is, just curious yeah. to know. But thanks for a trio of interesting and varied strange stories. Absolutely. That was good fun. Okay, so now we're nearing the end of the episode. I'm just going to jump in again to do the quick little admin stuff before we close up. Thanks especially to all the people who sent in messages. And we received so many more recently, um, even since I started editing this. And we really appreciate it. So if you've got your ghost stories, keep sending them. Because, you know, I can always put together another one of these. And if you want to call in and talk to us, maybe we can arrange that. we got a lot of requests, so we try and get a good balance of calling in and us reading and different things. But if you've got your ghost stories... Keep sending them, because even if they don't make it to the show, we really enjoy 
reading your experiences ourselves as well and so listener of the week this week um has to go to sean green for taking the time to talk to me and tell us about his uh, strange experiences so listener of the week thanks again sean i'm also thinking of putting together um we've done three of these ghost stories ones now and i'm sure there'll be more but maybe um if any of you have any strange extraterrestrial or ufo sighting stories that one I'd be really keen to do. So we'll see if we get enough responses from that. But if you've ever seen a UFO or have a weird alien story or know someone that does, even if you know someone that got abducted, that'd be the ideal story to get on it. But yeah, I'd love to put together a stories episode of extraterrestrial stuff. So get in contact with that. Or a cryptozoology sighting one. Have you seen Bigfoot? Let us know. So you can contact at unexplainableuk at mail.com. We can go on weirdtalesandtheunexplainable.com and click contact. And on that, you'll also find the blog with all the links relevant to every episode, including this one. Also on the website, you can click links to our Twitters, our Facebook, our Patreon, um, or you can go to patreon.com slash weirdtalesandtheunexplainable, where you can support the show for as little as $1 a month with all sorts of rewards. Um, just go on there and check it out you'll see what we're offering up and we have more things coming soon um, we're still in the process of maybe getting some t-shirts made and a lot of people have shown interest in that we've got some really cool designs and we're just trying to sort that out so as soon as I'm back from holiday and I've moved house so everything's happening at once for me I'm going to get straight on the t-shirts as a priority because people are asking for them the next episode Beef's going to be hosting um, he's getting the patrons to chuck some ideas at him and he's going to pick his favourite from that and that will be the last episode we're going to be recording in this house before everything changes. Hopefully the show will still be continuing as normal after that. And last of all, if you listen through iTunes or have an iTunes account, go and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Please spare a couple of minutes because it really helps us out. Also, we got a kind of shitty review this week. So go and show that two-star review uh, that we're a five-star show. Go give us a five-star review. We really, really appreciate it. Thanks a lot in advance. Just one more note before we close off. Uh, we received a very last minute uh, ghost story, which I wanted to include in this. Uh, it's quite a long one. It's about a 10 minute read from me, if you can hack that. But it's a pretty cool story. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to insert that as a postscript. So you, after, if you hang around for after the outro music, you got a pretty cool story that a listener sent me. So let's uh, close out the show. And uh, until next time, spook you later. Speak you later. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> Speak you later. <laughs> Spook to you later. Spook. Spook. Such, Spook is such a non-scary name because I'm mean, supposed to be scary. Yeah. Spook. Yeah. yeah, Spook to you later. It's got the word poo in the middle of it. Yeah. <laughs> Spook. <laughs> <laughs>
but of course, we were fast asleep. Things would also disappear from time to time, i.e. a toy of mine which was on me virtually 24-7 went missing. No one could find it, but eventually it appeared resting on top of the TV in clear view. There was no way we would have missed that when looking at it. Dad would also sometimes come home from work on his motorbike to see all the lights in the house on. He assumed my brother and I were home early from school, so he would park up his bike at the back of the garden and walk back. However, on several occasions when he turned back to the house, all the lights were off. My brother and I not home yet, and the house completely empty. Both mum and dad hadn't really experienced as much as what my brother and I did. Dad was always a bit sceptical and would dismiss it all. My mum, however, was a firm believer of ghosts and had tendencies for premonitions and a general sense when something bad was going to happen. She always used to say she had a spirit guide who talked to her. The premonitions thing is particularly significant for the story, so keep that in mind. Perhaps the scariest thing that happened to my brother and I was when one evening in around 1999 to 2000, my folks had gone up to the rugby club for a committee meeting, leaving us to chill out and play a bit of PlayStation. We were around 11 or 12 at the time, I think. After a while of them being out of the house, my brother heard a rattling sound come from the kitchen. He turned to me and asked if I had locked the front door, to which I replied saying no, and I thought he had locked it. So we assumed someone was in the house. My brother, being the older one, grabbed a cricket bat and walked downstairs. From my point of view, all I had heard was the rattling and crashing from the kitchen, my brother walking down the stairs towards the kitchen, the sound from the kitchen ever increasing, and the sound of the cricket bat hitting the wooden flooring, followed by my brother sprinting up the stairs. He burst into the bedroom, and was as white as anything, and grabbed me, and wouldn't say a thing. Later, he told me what he saw in the kitchen was the drawers and doors violently shaking and opening and closing, which understandably freaked him out. Given that we lived in south-east England, there was no way that this could be blamed on an earthquake or something plausible like that. The days following that seemed to be a continuation of events, to the point even my dad was hearing very prominent footsteps around the bedroom, with no one else in the house. We assumed that giving all of this started shortly after the death of my grandfather, it must be him trying to make it known that he was still with us which in a way was quite nice, and we found comfort in this rather than fearing it. It eventually became a bit of a running joke, and we would often say, bugger off, granddad. Okay, so that's the background info, and now on to the main story. On the Christmas day of 2004, we had a packed house. My aunt and cousin came to stay with us for, and it was your very typical family event. Loads of food and booze and games. It did, however, have a very off feel about it. I remember feeling particularly uneasy walking around the house and felt like someone was watching me really up close. By this point in time, I was obviously older and started to feel like I had a sense of things, much like my mum does. Never had premonitions, but would walk into certain buildings or houses and just get a feeling that maybe a ghost or something was there. Maybe it was in my head, I don't know, but it was certainly something I was acutely aware of. I can only describe the day as being a series of events leading into one major event. The first started off with my aunt being in the bathroom. We were all downstairs but could hear her shouting, All right, oi, I'll be out in a minute. She eventually marched downstairs to us, convinced we were trying to wind her up, but what she had heard was several large thuds on the bathroom door, which of course wasn't us and she never saw anyone when she opened the door. Now given that it was Christmas Day and that we had all experienced ghostly stuff in the house on previous Christmases, we just joked that it was Grandad making himself known. The next brief event happened to me, There is a small picture of my cousin, Alex, on a collage of pictures on the wall next to the dining room table. I remember being totally and utterly fixated on the picture of her, and a great feeling of dread and sadness hit me like a ton of bricks to the point where mum asked if I was okay. I dismissed it and just thought to myself that I was being silly. 
The rest of the day just consisted of this uneasiness, and even my brother said he had felt weird all day. Eventually, it got late, and everyone but my brother and I had gone to bed. We eventually decided to go to bed ourselves, and made our way upstairs. My brother was in front of me and stopped dead on the stairs, and just said, Can you feel that? He was referring to a cold point on the midway of the stairs, which we had noticed in the past. It was like someone pressing a bag of ice against your chest and quickly taking it away. Anyway, I said no, and we carried on up the stairs to our room. Never have I felt so unhappy about walking into my room. I just had a horrible feeling, and didn't want to be in there, but couldn't pin down why I was feeling this way. My brother felt the same and said, Jesus, Grandad really wants to make himself known today. We eventually settled into our separate beds, on either side of the room, divided by an open area in the middle of the room. I have always been one to fall asleep easily, and did so on this occasion. My brother, however, could not get settled. Maybe an hour passed, probably around 2am by this time, and we were both startled by a massive banging noise on the bedroom window. We both shot up, thinking someone had thrown something at it from outside, but no one was there. Again, dismissed this as Grandad being up to his old tricks, and I settled again. An hour later, my brother was wide awake when he noticed that he could hear the footsteps slowly pacing around the bedroom. He noticed that the sound initially started in the door area and slowly progressed towards the middle of the room, then towards me, to which at this point I apparently was tossing and turning in my sleep. Then there was nothing for about five minutes. That was until my brother felt a significant amount of pressure on both his shins, as if someone was sitting on them as he lay in bed. At that point, he sat bolt upright and said, Right, fuck off now, Grandad which woke me up. The pressure on his legs faded instantly, and he turned to me and said we're going downstairs to sleep. So we gather our bedding, stuck our heads into mum and dad's room to tell them something was up and that we weren't sleeping in the bedroom and made our way downstairs. Things were calmer downstairs in the front room and we both managed to nod off. During this time, mum was experiencing one of her most vivid premonitions yet. She describes the dream as being like someone was walking her through something to enable her to come to an answer or understand the message. The dream starts off of her standing in a wide open space, looking out at what she describes to be a blank canvas initially, but starts to see a large, dark wall-like object come towards her gradually, growing bigger and bigger. This object eventually comes so close to her that it hits her, knocking her back and essentially ending this dream. Her next dream, she says she saw a red banner with a square or box-like object with the words written in white, earthquake and tsunami in Southeast Asia, streaming across from right to left, as if she was watching it on TV. This is all she could read from the words, and the dream seemed to slowly fade, but overtaken by someone at first calming her, saying, Alex, 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 before eventually it seems like the person was screaming the name at her. It was at this point that she woke up, sat bolt upright, and placed her shaking hand on Dad's chest, and said, Something's happened to Alex. Then she ran downstairs to where we were, and quickly turned on the TV to BBC, to where she saw the words earthquake and tsunami in Southeast Asia streaming across from left to right in a red banner written in white, just as she had seen before in her dream. Mum dropped to her knees and sobbed, and tried to tell us what she had seen. Alex, my cousin, was in Thailand at the time, and we knew exactly where she was staying, which was exactly where the tsunami hit. Mum then stood up to get the phone to call Alex's mum, Kathy. However, just as she went to type the number, the phone rang and it was in fact Kathy calling to say she knows what happened, and to not contact her again as she was trying to contact the embassy. My cousin had been hit by the wave. Her and her mate were smashed through a double glazed patio door only to be saved by two Canadians stranded up in a tree who luckily pulled her and her friend out. Both were badly hurt and covered in cuts but had survived. 
We have absolutely no doubts that someone was trying to warn us about the tsunami and that Alex was there. After a couple of months, we decided to contact a clairvoyant, an 87-year-old man called Paddy. When Dad called him on the phone, he just knew instantly that something was next to my dad and said to him, does the name Monica mean anything to you? And Dad agreed. Paddy then said that a woman is there now, watching over you all. When Paddy eventually came to the house, he just confirmed this. He described this woman as having heart and lung issues, but a fierce person and not someone you would cross. Monica is my grandmother and the wife of my grandfather who lived with us. She died two weeks before I was born. She had terrible heart and lung problems which eventually killed her. Her characterization of fierce was how she was described by anyone who knew her. Paddy says that Monica has always been with us, meaning my brother and I, and only made it known to us that she was there once Grandad wasn't there anymore to protect us. This, understandably, was quite emotional for us, but extremely comforting in a way. My brother has a theory that the loud bang on the window was roughly about the same time that the wave hit the shores, but I've never taken time to work this out. We have since moved away from this house, and I haven't noticed any ghostly occurrences since, which in a way is quite sad, because it feels like we left her, but I'm sure she is still here somewhere. So, there we go. Like I said, quite a long story, but quite interesting. Thanks to George for sending that in. And uh, that's reminded me, actually, reading that, that I, I would be very interested in getting a clairvoyant on the show. So if you are or know any that might be interested, then um, let us know, because that would be really interesting. So anyway, that's all for this episode, and uh, see you next time. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.